your insane eyes that make me sad. The California feeling and the Mississippi smile that makes me come on slowly. It's tried to be real cool and soft, so I won't take the chance and turn you off. And not to get to know you just because of love that makes me come on slowly. It isn't that I wouldn't want to make it all come true. A baby, if I had the chance to be alone with you, it's watching how you operate when the chips are down that makes me come on Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay, this is a song by John Hartford. I don't, most of you are not going to even remember that name. John Hartford was a guy that uh, was on the Glenn Campbell show, and he wrote Gentle on My Mind, and he was from St. Louis. Got into riverboats, loved them, but he was a remarkably uh, versatile musician and uh, moved to Nashville and lived way up on the Cumberland River, away from Nashville, upstream, uh, probably even way upstream of Old Hickory Dam um, at one of the bends in the river. John did this album in 1977 on it. You can hear Sam Bush. Uh, I think Bela Fleck is on it. Uh, John Hartford does the fiddle. Uh, there's a guy named Roy Husky that, that played uh, also on it, bass, upright bass. John Hartford uh, was as much of a riverboat guy as he was a music guy. And in fact, he wrote a song. I'm going to send it to you. Uh, well, we've played it. It's called Miss Ferris about a lady in St. Louis that um, salvaged a, a riverboat, um, the cab of the riverboat, the, the pilot house, after one sunk in the Mississippi River and put it in the schoolhouse yard as a bit of preservation of history. Uh, I always liked John Hartford, but he became a real Cumberland River guy. One summer when my dad used to have a houseboat over on Lake, well, he had it at Kentucky Lake, then he brought it up to Lake Cumberland, then he realized he wasn't using it. So we put it in the Cumberland River and took it all the way down from way up in kind of central Tennessee all the way down to Lake Barkley. It's about a four-day trip. Went through Nashville, went through Clarksville, 
went through all the locks, Old Hickory, per, um, Percy Priest, uh, Cordell Hull, all those, all those different dams. We went through all the locks on them. And uh, I think I've told this story before. My brother and I used to play a lot of bluegrass. I played the guitar. He was a pretty good banjo player. I mean, actually really good. And uh, uh, we went by Opryland, and we stood up on top of the houseboat and acted like we were the entertainment. And Opryland would have a lot of visitors, let's just say from Tokyo, and they all had home <laughs> movie cameras. This is like while people were still using film, okay? And there was this... Um, steamboat called the general jackson it may still be there i don't know it was docked at opryland which is on the river and then they would take it out in the river and, and kind of drive around in it and uh, that boat kind of tipped over to the side because everybody let's just say from certain countries was coming over there to film <laughs> to film us with their uh, eight millimeter cameras uh we don't have any movies of it but i'm sure there's lots of folks back in tokyo <laughs> that do and wonder uh, who they thought you were well we kind of try we both put on these blue <laughs> shirts it was it was like hey let's kind of mess with them a little bit so dad kind of got in the deal he slowed down and you know we we're in a houseboat out there in the middle of the river and i mean that sucker had two um two 300 horsepower i mean it you know, it would move out. Um, but we were out there and he kind of idled it down and that <laughs> thing went by. It was kind of cool. We were playing Fox on the run. We didn't have any amp amplification, but, um, you, you had know, enough noise. You got their attention, was, but it was yeah. that trip down the Cumberland river. Dad got the charts of everything, all the bends in the Cumberland river. They all had names. Because the old riverboat captains gave them names. And, you know, this was called Scrouncher's Bluff or something. And John Hartford lived on one of those bends in the Cumberland River. And I wish I'd known where it was he lived because he was living there at the time. This would have been about 1976 or, or maybe 78. I don't remember. But uh, we had a great time. Mom wouldn't go. She said, no way. Harriet came. She hated it. She had to cook for everybody. Uh, but uh, that was kind of fun. And uh, we'll play another John Hartford song uh, in the thing in the next um, segment, one that Glenn Campbell recorded. But this is John Hartford doing his own song. So, all right. So, everybody, you know, what's going on in the market? Well, the interest rates, uh, specifically rates on the U.S. Treasury bonds. I would argue that there's at least two reasons, uh, one of which is that the Fed made a statement the other day saying, well, it looks like interest rates are going to have to stay higher for longer, and everybody just goes nuts. Maybe three reasons. The second reason is uh, the uh, job openings yesterday was a little higher than, or maybe a lot higher than what people had thought. <clears throat> I would attribute that still to, you know, post-COVID, getting people back to work, finding, you know, things that need. And, and the reason the job openings are so high is because there's not that many people that, you know, want to be in the workforce. So 
They're calling that inflationary, bad for the market. I, how that makes sense, I'll never understand. That's number two. Number three, the government is going to be issuing a lot of bonds over the next you know, several months. And so it's just a supply thing. Everybody's hand-wringing about the deficit. <clears throat> it's worth doing. Quite frankly, it's part of what just cost the uh, uh, Speaker of the House his job, some of it, because, you know, creatures of Washington are never really going to address the deficit. Um, the Federal Reserve, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw this article. The Federal Reserve has a $100 billion deficit. Their capital, you know, they're not really a bank, and everybody thinks, oh, well, does that mean the taxpayers are going to have to bail them out? It's a good question. But they own a lot of bonds that are down in value, and yet they keep raising rates, which just absolutely makes very little sense to me. Um, but, you know, Powell is not a guy, Jay Powell does not seem to be a guy that looks, if you tell him to go in to a room and kill rats, there could be all kinds of other things jumping around and he's going to go just try to find the rats to kill, you know, because so his mandate, his rat killing mandate is get inflation down to 2%. Doesn't matter what else happens. That's all he's thinking about. Doesn't matter how much other damage gets caused. Just get inflation down. As if he thinks he's the one doing it. I mean, and I don't, I would even argue that they are not the one doing it. Now, we've been out there with some calls saying bonds are cheap. Well, guess what? They've gotten cheaper than when we started making the calls. Do I still think now you got people like Bill Gross backing away from the bond market? You got people like, uh, Double line guy, Gunlock, Jeff Gunlock, saying, "Oh, just sit and hang out in, hang out in money market funds." Jamie Diamond, yeah. Oh, well, now that I don't put any stock in his calls. I, <laughs> I hate to say it. Could they all be right? Absolutely, they could. But I let me go back and draw on a little bit of my experience from being around this for a long time. In the early eighties. You could have certainly said, well, you probably shouldn't buy bonds right now. When Once they got pretty high, let's say 8 to 10%. Because guess what? Uh, they may get cheaper. And guess what? In some cases, they did. But then when they began to get more expensive, um, the purchases you made that might not have been at the lows of the bond market, which would be the highs in yield, you still made a good purchase. You know, let's say you got 8% rather than 10 or 12. Okay, you still got 8%. It was, it's going to be very hard to high ticket or low ticket as the case may be. Just get it at the right low tick. Every now and then that happens, you know, um, but not always. And the, 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 the point to be understood is if you're buying things that uh, pay dividends and it, one has to agree that inflation is certainly lower than it was a year ago, 
and it's a lot lower than it was, say, a year and a half ago. Right. And what is the real rate of inflation? It's probably somewhere between 3 and 4% right now. So the bond market is saying to you, and anything fixed income is saying, I want to see a yield on bonds or, that is over and above the rate of inflation and maybe what taxes take away from it, which means certainly we could get cheaper. But I still think, as uh, a, a fellow that used to work here said, we are still in a long-term you know, deflationary environment due to many things, big of, a big part of which is technology, which increases productivity. And I don't see us in a long-term inflation at this point. I, I don't think inflation would have mitigated so quickly. Uh, and now it's beginning to look like when Yellen and Biden and that crowd two years ago were saying, you know, we have transitory inflation and then the Fed was saying that. Then they all of a sudden, no, we're not. Well, if they all say, no, we're not, maybe we actually are because, you know, I'm going to go and do what they do opposite. Does it cost me sometimes? Yeah, it has. But I I just don't think, you know, I, yeah, we've got a lot of job openings, but the economy's different than what it once was. Everything's leaner and meaner. There's a lot of people that, don't have work. You Can you find work? Yes, maybe if you're the right type of thing. If you're not, it's going to be tough. It's always case by case. Does the fact that we had a lot of job openings necessarily mean inflation's higher? No, not necessarily. They're worried about wage elevation. I get that, but there's certainly crosswinds that would tell you, well, it may not be as strong as you think it is. So, right. I mean, a lot of that hiring, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's in the electric vehicle space. The growth in that thing is nuts. And I talked to a, a fellow who's with a company that builds a lot of that stuff. And he said, it's unsustainable, you know? And, and then if you see a lot of that begin to pull back, cause that, the government has decided that's going to be a big growth area in the economy. The market hadn't decided it. Mm -hmm. The government's decided it. So Right. So to your point, what you're seeing in the market right now is the market reprice. I mean, it's a normalization big of interest rates. It's a normalization of interest rates. Well, is because it, yeah. it, it's, you know, you go back to 1962 the average daily 10-year treasury yield was 5.9%. But it's the speed that you have. Why are you, you using 1962? Because that's the, that's the statistic yeah, that but I have. Here's the thing. Back then, the economy was completely different. That's right. It was not the kind of economy that we have today Absolutely. So, But what, what you're seeing now, it's, it's the repricing based on where rates were to the move that they are now. And when you're looking out long-term – like you said, there are opportunities, but what you watch for in the short term is for things that could potentially break. 
Right. You know, because it's, it's like, you, you know, using a torque wrench on something. You want it to get to a certain pressure where it's proper, but things can break while you're getting it to that That's pressure. Right. That's what you have to be really careful of in this kind of an environment. It's not that short no no i'll tell you this something will break uh, i'm sure well that, that's kind of what the fed's wanting it, was for it something seems to, to be it seems to be so um i just think that um, there's going to be some bank that's bond for portfolios way underwater and mm-hmm. you know it's going to cause a big sell-off in financials again maybe maybe not maybe this lending facility that the fed's doing is helping, but then the Fed itself has got issues. Mm-hmm. But what matters? I think, I think what's his name, Powell, is going to wake up one morning and say, "You know, maybe we ought to start lowering interest rates." Yeah, I really do. Yeah. What matters to the long-term investor? You're talking about buying bonds back in the '80s. If if you bought a bond when you get ten percent and then the rates go up to 13%, you're sorry that you bought it at 10 at that point. But when you looked out long-term, you're glad you bought that sucker at 10%. Right. Same thing now. You're seeing the market reprice, you know, try to guess where interest rates are going, what inflation is going to do, what oil prices are going to do, all these different things. And some of that spec, a lot of that speculation, trading, all this different stuff. There's all there's thousands, millions of different dynamics as to what makes the market move. But you, as a long term investor, especially when what you're buying has a dividend to it, if you're buying it today and next month the stock price is lower, that doesn't feel good. Nobody likes that. We right. don't like that. But when you look out when you're trying to produce an income stream for retirement and you're looking out three, five, 10 years down the line right. and you're able to buy a good company with good cash flow, a good current dividend yield, right. then you're glad you bought it. Cause so you're, you're trading that yeah. short term stability for long term income and price appreciation potential. And see, the other thing is, if if demand slows down, demand is what pushes inflation. You know, demand for certain things is, is kind of dropped off the map. I mean, who's going to want to go buy, out and buy a gas-guzzling car right now? You know, diesel is at 4 bucks. I guarantee you they're, they're not selling them like they used to. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not on the lots like they used to either. Well, and that's that's a thing that the car companies have done intentionally. The other thing is you, you look at boats. South Florida, man, everybody's got boats. Super rich people can still buy boats, but a lot of people are not buying boats. A lot of these boat yards are going to – you're seeing bankruptcies of companies happening because guess what? They're not selling stuff. That's happening in retail. That's happening in a lot of places. It's happening in the restaurant space. Of course, it's always happened to restaurants. They come and go. But you're seeing things not be as strong as they were. And uh, if that is what's going on, you will see a slowdown and you will see lower interest rates. And, you know, 
Do I think it's inevitable? Well, maybe not next week. But at some point, I think you will. Could they get higher before they get lower? That's what all the pros are saying. Now, I tend to listen to what the pros are saying, like a Jamie Dimon, a Bill Gross, uh, Jeff Gunlock, and, and those guys. You know, Jeff Gunlock was bullish on bonds 100 basis points ago. Mm-hmm. So, so then now he's not. Now he's saying get in cash. I don't know. Might want to be bullish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It means sometimes it's better to just do what the opposite of what the really super smart people are doing because most super smart people are pretty enamored of their own opinions and therefore you can sometimes do well by doing what's opposite of their opinion. That's right. Oh, I didn't know that all went by. Oh, it's time for a break. Yeah. All right. If you, you, you have been if this. you have been thinking about <laughs> I mean, calling us, now is the time. Eight five nine two three three zero four. Would you like to close this out? I don't know. I just had too much iced tea at lunch. Not a good thing. <laughs> Call us eight five nine two three three zero four hundred. Come see us. We've got lots of ideas and there's a lot going on. We'll be back with more of the Tom Dupree Show, our financial hour. Stay tuned. This is Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. Our primary concern is getting you through retirement with enough money. In retirement, your monthly expenses don't go away. That's why we focus on investments that pay either monthly or quarterly income. Many folks have no idea of how to tap their retirement accounts for monthly income. We'll show you how. We have 45 years of experience providing income-oriented investments. For a free review of your retirement investment accounts, Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at Of my memory that keeps you ever gentle on my 
Sam Bush when he was about 27 years old. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. You know, listening to this, I sent you one more here to just play it and when you get a chance. It makes me think of another group that was a bunch of session men in Nashville that put this group together, late 60s, early 70s. And they were more obscure, but they were every bit as good musically. And um, it was a group called Barefoot Jerry. And it was organized by a guy named Wayne Moss, who was kind of a sideman, session man on a lot of people's albums. You've never heard any of these guys in this band, but they, uh, they, they were pretty good. And this is, this is a song by them. This is by Barefoot Jerry. Got a little synthesizer in there. Hold on, it, it does something different here, and we'll get off of it. All right, they kind of go into a jam there. All right, uh, I've got a new one. I'm at. I'm. At, I'm going to look them up. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Barefoot Jerry. It was. Um, they they got a they got an album called Watching Watching TV with the radio on. It, it was and you know several songs. It was named for a little place up in the Smokies near Cades Cove called Barefoot Jerry's. It was a store. All right, Mike, what do you want to talk about? I want to keep talking about you know interest rates. Uh, so one thing we we've talked about this since uh 2009 10 and on at that point you weren't seeing inflation uh anywhere in the economy except one place retirement it cost more to retire because interest rates were low it was hard to earn anything so you you had inflation on retire in retirement there it costs more to retire now and it's it cuts back to what we're always talking about, income, cash flow. Now, it doesn't take as much you got it to generate that same income. No, that's true. So, deflation, you know, you have inflation that you're seeing on stuff you buy, 
but for what it costs to retire, because remember what the inflation rate is, is very individualized. What your inflation rate is different than mine. What this retiree's inflation rate is different than this one. So net net, you could actually have deflation in that because you don't yep. have to have as much to, to generate that income. Well, but, but people are living longer. That's right. You throw that in the mix. Yep. And so with the income, so yeah, with rates. It's back to my thing that I've talked about before. Um, always, and, and, and this gets back to that thing that you read last week about new ways of looking at retirement and this yep. idea that life is not linear. You know, you have this working time, you have the middle time, then or your schooling time, your working time, then your retirement time. I don't really agree with that whole way of looking at things the way I used to. Um, and what it says is you can teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are not employed that should be. This economy is looking for people. And it doesn't matter if they're 70 years old. doesn't matter if they're 75 years old. Yeah, you might think you're tired. You know one of the reasons you think you're tired? Because you're probably not doing as much as you could. I'll tell you this. If I get up and work, I don't, my body doesn't, I don't have as many pains. I don't have all these things. If I'm exercising and using my body, I, I have less consciousness of problems that, that are bothering me. So people, you know, retirement sometimes is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You say I'm retiring yet, and then your body starts to retire. And that is not necessarily a good thing. And, and so People have the ability to keep earning and doing things long past when they think they do. So, yeah, one thing that's going on right now is you got a possibility of investing money and getting a higher yield on it and getting more return from your money in terms of interest and dividends. But the flip side is there's also a lot of opportunity and things you could get involved in. So. Mm -hmm. Right. And remember, too, when you're investing in, we'll just use a specific company, you're investing money in a company, you're buying shares of the stock. That company, it's a living, breathing, dynamic thing. And so interest rates going up, that has effects on different different types of companies in different ways. If they have debt, debt maturing, then they have to refinance, roll that at a higher rate, which has negative impacts. Some companies be are benefiting from higher rates because of the cash balance they have. They're earning more on the cash. But remember, companies, it's, it's, it's the collective knowledge of everyone in that company and the, and under the leadership of the CEO, the C-suite of that company. So you look at technology, you know, AI, other things that are coming around in this kind of a period, that's where you could see, if you want to call it stickier, uh, efficiencies, it, you know, co cost cutting in, in tough times, that's not necessarily a sticky thing. Because that's you know that they'll they'll lay off people, then they hire them back. Um, that's not as right. sticky. But if you have uh, technological advances um, that streamline operations, be it on production side, staffing side, whatever it may be, 
that's 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 basically a permanent thing. You look at restaurants, uh, you know, McDonald's. You look at what uh, some of these coffee shops that are taking like the the Chick Fil A approach. You know, small footprints. Um, uh, McDonald's, where you have the electronic. You know, you you order electronically. All these different things. Uh, those are efficiencies that aren't going away. That came about through COVID and it was a trend that was going on before you look at online shopping and you, you see, you know, uh, companies like Costco or Walmart, you know, they're moving with like the Amazon approach, those shifts in businesses, that's dynamic, that's organic. And that's going to be there for a long time until there's another shift that occurs. And so well-run companies, they can use periods like this to their advantage and you as an investor yes. can capitalize on that looking out long term um and so again when you're looking at short-termism things uh, like you know gunlock or any of these guys they have an agenda of some of something oh well, yeah it, but i think the agenda is to either be right when they make yeah. public pronouncements or correct them when they're not right, right, because they've said stuff. By the way, uh, this is Wednesday. Have you have you seen a wall today? Yeah, yeah. It's down five percent, but Brent is not. That that's interesting. It must have something to do with the dollar. But anyway, uh, so WTI is at eighty four sixty. It was at ninety three bucks within the last week. Yeah, it was. So that's gonna, uh, you know. But again, that's 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 going to help the economy. It's going to help the economy because because it's like a tax cut. As it as it, uh, you're seeing rates down some today. We haven't on the seen, ten year. Yeah, and we have not we have not seen we have not seen uh, the price of diesel and gasoline getting cut in a meaningful way. Not yet, at least. Mm-hmm. But again, <clears throat> that's so. Let's say you own you're invested in an oil company of. Be it exploration, production, uh, integrated, whatever it may be, um, that's going to be the price of that stock is going to be affected today because of the price of crude oil. But remember what that sector as a whole has done since 2014. Right, they've become lean, more automated, cash flows improved, their break even on oils, the break even price on oil has come down. So again, you're seeing this short-termism trading in the market, and you have to look through that. Look at you know, what what is your objective as an investor? Is it to create an income stream? And to do that, sometimes you have to look through the the short-term fog that's going on the market, right. saying you know selling this, buying, and having that. a have a, have a plan on things, you know. Oil prices, just uh, following them, it can be kind of a slippery thing. <laughs> Sorry, I just took a drink. I would have done the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Did you mean to do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was drinking. He, he was going to do that wah, wah. But he can still do it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so... What I meant to say is oil prices these days seem to be affected almost 
weekly by inventory builds or lack of builds. And what we don't have that we did have before Biden came into office, what we don't have now is a strategic petroleum reserve. Yeah. So what's going to happen is um, if there's some sort of short-term event like a refinery that goes down or something like that, I don't know if it'd be a refinery so much, but some kind of short-term shock, it's going to be more pronounced. You're going to see the price of something related to oil jumping around more because there's no cushion to it. And here's what we may see if oil comes off where it has been and stays off the next month or two where you start getting readings of inflation, which went up when oil was higher, now they're going to start going down. And they say they adjust for that and don't really look at it. But, uh, you know, it could it could be affected by it. Everything you do as a retirement investor gets affected by interest rates. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not buying bonds. I'm buying a growth stock. Oh, no. Bonds, I mean, growth stocks are really a form of a bond. It's more like a zero coupon bond where the earnings that are internal with it, you're hoping that that bond, which isn't a bond, it's a stock, but it's going to mature at some point at a much higher price than what you're paying interest rates are going to affect how that thing gets priced because earnings are going to have to get over a higher hurdle. We lived in a world where uh, the money cost was almost risk-free for a long or interest-free for a long time. Now we're having to pay for money. It is going to affect people that here's where it will have the effect. An investor who wants to take his or her money and um, invest it, stocks will now have competition from something as simple as a money market fund. Because they're going to say, why would I go out and risk buying a stock? Remember that, uh, that what was that thing? There is no other. Yeah, Tina. Tina. There's no other alternative. Now there's an alternative. Yeah. And given that that's the case, interest rates, really short-term interest rates, that where cash can be parked, it doesn't cost you as much to wait in cash. You know, and... There's, there's that a, competes with growth stocks. Right. It, it not only competes with bonds and and uh, things that pay interest or dividends. It also competes with growth stocks. And so there you go. There, there's a cost to speculation now. Yeah. You know, before there was none. Uh, you look at like these these NFTs, right. uh, the non fungible tokens, all those crazy things that were coming. That were, Do you think became, I can sell mine for a profit? I mean, you, I've you got a bunch. Go of, for it. Go like these little <laughs> Pokemon things. Yeah. Uh huh. Go yeah. for it. I paid a lot of money for those. <laughs> but Kid. you know, it was. It's a joke. That was the epitome. It's only a joke of speculation. But there was no cost 
at the time. You know, there's no opportunity yeah. cost to hold something that was speculative with, with the hope of it paying off. Now there is a cost. Dogecoin. 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 Bad. Um, so <laughs> Dogecoin. Not real. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're seeing you're seeing that. You One know, of them kind of looked like a dog I had. So. Anyway. <laughs> um, so speculation has a yeah. cost to it now, oh, a real right. cost. It, it, uh, it's because it's the cost of not having your money in a money market fund exactly. making 5%. Your risk-free rate. So, you know, and so, that's, so when you're thinking about a retirement portfolio, you got to think about all these things. And people just go out and blindly say, well, I just want to buy, you know, some more S&P 500. You better think about it now. I'm coming up with a new ad, um, <laughs> you know. You better think about what it's going to cost you to, you know, what kind of hurdles are they going to have to overcome? Sure. To get you a return on your money. Right. So, well, when you look at the magnificent seven stocks this year um, and the valuations that those are trading at. So you have a cost of, it's an opportunity cost of investing in it now. And the price that you're paying for that hopeful return, you know, the multiples you're paying for those stocks um, that are, you know, have essentially been priced for perfection. Now, those those multiples have been coming down because the stock prices have been coming down. You know, September, you saw the NASDAQ fall a good, a good amount. It, it fell the most in September. What was it, like 6 7 Yeah, about 7%. Um, so it fell the most of the widely tracked indices. NASDAQ, bad. Bad NASDAQ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you you your trade your op you have an opportunity cost and I do you're, the, you're he's doing trying it for to volatility. Be, he's trying to be serious and I'm sitting here making jokes. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm interrupting you. You you're trading a, a real cost because of that opportunity cost for something that's had a lot of volatility right. recently. Volatility. Uh, <laughs> and if you're looking for income, you're not getting that in NASDAQ. You're not getting that in the Magnuson 7 stocks. And so it... Income, good. Income, good. Income, good. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's represented it, by interest and dividends, which now you're actually getting something on your money, whereas exactly. before you weren't. Right. And that's, you know, that's a big difference. Right. And so... Like any time, there's always a reason for market volatility. So, well, not always. So, sometimes just as simple as there's more sellers than there are buyers. You have volatility in the markets. There are opportunities, especially yeah. on the income side right now. Everything from bonds to dividend-paying stocks, there are opportunities. Wait, a lot of, a lot more than, than what there once were. And as we talk to people... You know, we call people in that have had appointments here in the past and say, you know, we've got a lot more to talk about right now than we did a year and a half ago because there was really nothing too much talk about in terms of uh, in terms of yield. And so, and here's the other thing: we're this is on a Wednesday. We're recording this. There's been a lot of what appears to almost be capitulation selling lately. A lot of times when you go in and buy stuff, when that happens, you end up being glad you did. Absolutely. So There are a lot more opportunities to make your money work for you. Give us a call at 859-233-0400, and we would love to share with you what we think the best options are today in this climate, which is ever-changing. 
We appreciate you listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson. As we always say, we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Come see us. Go to our website, dupreefinancial.com. Thanks for listening to the Investment Hour.